It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Wizards Podcast. It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. Today, we're going to go over some quick free agency moves that I think should happen for the Washington Wizards. Just a quick who should stay, who should go, who should the Wizards bring back, where whose contract expires after this year, such as Thomas Bryant, Anthony Gill, Howell Neto, Tomas Sadaransky, Cassius Winston, and also Ishmael Smith. We're going to do a quick who should stay, who should go. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so first on the list, and I do want to talk about a little bit at the end. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs and then my predictions for tonight. Um, we got the Mavs tonight. They play against the Jazz. Hopefully, I'm you know room for the Mavs to lose, of course. Um, Raptors and Sixers at 7.30. And Nuggets Warriors at 10 o'clock. We'll get to that at the end. Um, and I misspoke a couple episodes ago. The Wizards have a 13.9% chance of getting a top four spot. They are in the 10th spot in the lottery odds uh, as of right now. So um, that's how it goes. But first on the list for free agency, um, guys whose contract expires, who's going to get a second contract with the Washington Wizards or who's going to get another contract? Who do I think they should bring back? Um, so first on the list is Thomas Bryant. Um a couple years ago or three years ago, he signed a three-year, $25 million contract uh, with a base salary of $8,330,333, $25 million guaranteed, and that expires this year. And Thomas Bryant, man, he he just kind of – it was – the way this year went for him was very unfortunate. Um, coming off the ACL tear, coming back in game 41, I want to say, and 
I can pull up how many games he played this year because he didn't play in many. He collected a lot, a lot of DMPs towards the end of the year. He played in 27, nine, 27 games and started in nine games. He scored seven points per game, um, 0.8 blocks per game, four rebounds per game. Also shot 87% from the free throw line. He's a really good free throw shooter. He has really good touch around the rim as well. He He's just a really good shooter. And I really think Thomas Bryant, whether he's with the Wizards or somewhere else, I do think he's capable of helping the team, being uh, a big off the bench, scoring well against second units, being an energy big. If he can get his legs under him, because this year he just he looked a little bit more flat footed. His his feet, his legs looked a more looked a little bit more heavier than what they usually do. And before the 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 story about Thomas Bryant as well, um, you know he worked his way up from Indiana, played for the the L.A. Defenders, and was a um, was a guy that Tommy Shepard. Uh, really liked or you know really liked and trade they traded for him brought him over from late from the Lakers developmental program just like Mo Wagner and some of the other guys Isak Bonga some other guys that the Wizards brought over and traded for uh, from Los Angeles as well or signed and uh, he, he just brought a lot of energy when he came when he started playing with the Wizards he played really well I mean averaged 10 points a game in 2019 then improved to 13.2 points a game in 2020 then in 2021, he averaged 14 points a game and six boards. Only played in 10 games, but I remember the free agency before the 2021 season. You know, Tommy Shepard said that he didn't talk to any other bigs or any other centers because he the plan was to start Thomas Bryant. He didn't take a lot of uh, calls or make make uh, free agency moves with other bigs that were available because he wanted Thomas Bryant to start in 2021. It was it was you know him, Russell Westbrook, and and Bradley Bill. And um, and Rui and Denny and that was you know the starting that starting five in the first game of the year, um, and Thomas Bryant was playing pretty well next to Russell Westbrook before he got injured. Uh, he was shooting uh, at a very high clip from the three point line. Now, granted, it was only two three pointers per game, but Thomas Bryant was shooting forty two percent from the three point line off, off of two three pointers per game, and um, had 16, 16 uh, 14 points in the game against Brooklyn where they won against you know Kevin Durant and. You know, Russell Westbrook had a great game. I want to say he went to overtime in Brooklyn. Thomas Bryant had 21 points and 14 boards. Um, he was showing great promise, and I thought he was going to be a good um, – have a nice duo with uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, pick and roll and pick and pop. You see how well Daniel Gaffer did with Russ. I thought, you know, the same thing could happen with Thomas Bryant. And Thomas Bryant was catching lobs and finishing around the rim with, you know, getting easy assists or easy baskets from Russell Westbrook, you know, Thomas Bryant giving Bradley Bill a high five. Remember that the game winner that he, the game winner floater that he hit in London against the Knicks. Thomas Bryant, I thought he developed really, really well into the Wizards. So it is unfortunate to see how many DMPs he collected towards the end of the year. He just couldn't move defensively. You look at the clip where Duncan Robinson was just running. Uh, it looked like he was just running a circle around the guys. Really, it was almost like a circus act. It looked like where he was just running around and and making the Wizards look kind of like they were stuck in quicksand there. And Thomas Bryant was, you know, playing drop coverage. It's not 100% his fault, but um, that's just kind of how it was defensively for him. And then it was just tough for him with the three-man, uh, big-man trio, trying to fight for minutes with Montrezl Hero when he came back and fighting with Daniel Gaffer for minutes. But, you know, all before the season, before the season started or before he came back, we were just like, hey, Thomas Bryant is a guy that can add a different dimension to – the big man spot where he can knock down threes, he can space the floor, he can hit a mid-range jumper. And that Sixers game where he did come back, he showed that where we blew out the Sixers. And we, I was excited to see him back. And then 
the more he played, as you see, he he struggled to move his feet defensively. He struggled to finish around the rim as well. Um, so it was tough for him, and he did become almost unplayable. And it was between Porzingis and Gafford. And once Porzingis came, it's like, hey, we're just going to play two bigs. We're not going to play three bigs like we did last like last year with Alex Lynn, Gaff, and and um, Robin Lopez. And we're not going to play three bigs again like we just did a week ago with Montrez and Gafford and and uh, Thomas Bryant. You know, so it just wasn't going to work like that. And I did think it was better just having two bigs with Porzingis and Gafford out there, and then Thomas Bryant was just the odd man out. And it's unfortunate. It really is to see that. So for me, the answer for me, I know I went on a tangent there, but I don't see Thomas Bryant returning to the Washington Wizards. Um, They definitely could have tried to trade him with the trade deadline, but he just came back too late. And um, he just wasn't consistent enough and didn't show enough. And then he just fell on the rotation. He shot a almost a career low in field goal percentage at 52% from the field, shot 28% from the three-point line. So he didn't shoot the ball well from the three either, which was supposed to be the swing skill for him shot 61% on two pointers, which wasn't, which is his career low as well. Um, so um, just unfortunate for him. And I, I don't, I don't see him coming back. I really don't. So, uh, but I do see him helping another team. I, I definitely see him being capable of coming off the bench and helping another team for sure. Maybe, maybe being Carl Anthony Towns is back up for the Timberwolves. I could definitely see something like that. They need some more bigs over there. I could see him being a backup big for the Charlotte Hornets. You know, who knows if the Hornets are going to bring back Montres Harrell. So I could definitely see him working well with LaMelo Ball, um, working well with Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges over there, being another young guy that could work out with the Hornets because they need bigs. They need bigs. So that's somewhere I could see Thomas Bryant going uh, next year. But there are some other guys I do want get, to get on get to on this list. Um, if I don't get to everybody, then I definitely will try to you know finish up on the next episode. But before we do get to the next crop of guys, this episode is brought to you by Prize picks. Prize picks. It's very easy to use. Are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know you will too. You pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in sixty seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from point score to rebounds, even steals. Users can take the over on Donovan Mitchell's points tonight, combined with the under on Davies Breton's three-pointers made in the same entry. And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA. They have options on, the college, on college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users Users get $50 for free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans. Sign up today and use code NBA, $50 for free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. This episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. 
It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so let's get back into who should stay or who should go. Uh, next on the list is let's go with Hollow Neto here. So Hollow Neto, I think everybody's going to agree on this one. I think he and he 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 had a couple. He has last year. I thought he played better under um, Scott Brooks than he played under Wes Unsell. To be honest, now Hollow Neto, you look at his numbers, and he's a scoring guard. He's a combo guard. He's really a shooting guard. He, he's six foot. How tall is Neto? Six foot, one hundred eighty pounds, if that. Um, he looks like he's six feet out there. He's twenty nine years old. Um, he's been in the league. He played started with Utah in twenty sixteen. Played with Philly for one year, and this is his second year with the Washington Wizards. So last year he had eight points per game. That regressed down to seven points per game. He had one steal per game. That went down to 0.8. He actually did have more assists this year than last year. He did have one game where he had ten assists in the first half. I want to say that was against the Blazers. Or that was against the Rockets, where we were up by 23, and then we ended up getting blown out. Um, Hollow Neto shot 76% from the free throw line. He shot 88% last year from the free throw line. Uh, from the three-point line, he shot 39% from the three-point line in 2021 last year with you know Russell Westbrook, you know, getting him open shots, Bradley Bill getting open shots as well. This year he shot 29% from the three-point line. He shot two threes per game, 2.63 three-pointers a game in 2021. And then this year, he shot 1.73 pointers per game. So he's clearly regressed by 10%. You could definitely see it. I mean, he was really bad from the three-point line. Um, And then we did sign him for the veteran minimum this year. Looking at his contract, yeah, we signed him for a one-year, $2 million contract. So it was a little bit more than the minimum, but he played really, really well last year. I thought he did earn another contract. There were times where Russell Westbrook was injured, and uh, Hollow Neto had to come in and play very well, and he picked up the slack. There were times – Last year with Scott Brooks in 2021, where Hall Neto was playing the power four position. He was playing the three man. He was playing the two, the one. I mean, it was, he was just all over the place, the three-guard lineup. I know that brings up nightmares for guys, but it just shows the versatility of, that Neto had to do out there. Um, he had to play big minutes at every position last year. We were just – in 2021, we were just so thin at the wing spot. Uh, it was crazy. Um, this year, I thought Wes tried to play him at that point guard position – way too much he had 19 how another played 70 games and played and had 19 and started 19 games now he collected dmps towards the end of the year when west finally made the decision to start tomas sadaransky at the point guard position uh which i think west definitely dropped the ball there that was one indictment on west as well where i do think the wizards could have made the plan and i'm not the biggest tomas sadaransky fan but when tomas got in there you just saw a big difference in the offense you just saw him get the ball to porzingis you saw him get the ball to Denny in transition. You just saw him get the ball to Rui. He just got guys the basketball in their spots. KCP started to shoot better when they had a more of a natural point guard in there, facilitating a pass-first point guard, which is what um, Wes Unsell Jr. said that he's looking for in, the, in his exit interview. Tommy Shepard said he's looking for a pass-first point guard in his exit interview as well. And Tomas was that. Hollow Neto is just more of a scoring guard where you could just tell he kind of had he had tunnel vision. He was looking to score the basketball. That's how Neto's calling card is going out there and scoring. Also, Raul is a liability on defense. He really is. Um, I remember in the playoffs in the Sixers series, Seth Curry, they would hunt Howell Neto. They would look for that matchup. You could just see teams hunting Howell Neto, going after him, going after him, seeing if they can get their guard or their small forward in a post-up situation, or even their point guard in a post-up situation on Howell Neto. They would just hunt him. And Seth Curry was basically unstoppable for the Sixers. 
when Hollow Neto was guarding him. It was just almost unfair. I mean, Hall, I mean, Seth Curry looked like he was a six six guy out there just posting up, shooting over Hollow Neto. And Seth Curry is what six three, six four. And you know, you heard what Bradley Bill said, the assistant GM on the post game show on NBC Sports Washington saying that, hey, we need taller guards. And that kind of is an indictment against um Hollow Neto there. But Hollow Neto, he's scrappy, he plays hard. I remember West Enzo Jr. was very excited about bringing Hollow Neto back because of the game in Denver where he was just scrapping with against Campazzo. Um, and Hollow Neto made a huge play and got a turnover and scored against Denver when we did sweep Denver, the Denver Nuggets. Um, but for me, Hollow Neto, I, I don't think he's going to get more than what he got this year contractually. He just didn't show enough. Uh, and he actually, reg- like I said, he regressed. And I don't think he was played the correct way. Wes played him at the point guard position because we were just void at the point guard position or very thin at the point guard position. And I think Wes just held on to him way too long. Now I do remember in the beginning of the year in the 10 and three start, I did pull up some of the games in the beginning of the season. You look at uh, November. Um, he, he did contribute to some big wins against the Pacers. He had 18 points in the double overtime game. Um, seven for 11 from the field shot 63% from the field played really, really well. And then in the Memphis game where we blew out Memphis, with John Moran. John Moran did play that game as well. Uh, Howell Neto had 15 points and was seven for eight from the field. And we had this guy on a minimum contract. And I remember a lot of people on Wizards social media was just praising bringing him back and how well he played. So, um, but personally, I would not bring back Howell Neto. Um, but let's get to, yeah, I would not bring him back. But I could definitely see him being a good 10th, 11th man on a playoff team. Just being scrappy, coming off the bench and scoring, bringing some firepower. He could get downhill. And um, he, he could finish through contact. That's one thing I could definitely give Howell Neto, that he was aggressive and he could finish through contact. I want to see how many free throws did he shoot per game because he he did get downhill and, and um, created contact. One, one and a half free throws per game for a 6'1 guard. That's pretty solid, to be honest. Now, before we get to the guys left on the list is Tomas, Anthony Gill, Cassius Winston uh, will be a free agent coming up. Um, and then also Ishmael Smith. There's a team option on Ishmael Smith. So I'll do Tomas, and then we'll do part two on tomorrow. We'll do the rest of the guys that are current that are going to be free agents. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your, for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so based on all the guys on the list, I said I would not bring back. 
next year. So Thomas Bryant, I wouldn't bring him back. Uh, Hollow Neto would not bring him back. I think we're going to change our tune here. So Thomas Tomas Sadaransky, he, um, you know, he was bought out by the Spurs or they agreed on a buyout. Personally, like I always say, I was not the biggest fan of bringing Tomas in because at the time I was team lot of guys. I was like, hey, there is no point in bringing another point guard in here. We need to play Isaiah Todd. We need to see what Kyrie Walker can do. I want Denny to get all 40 minutes a game. I want Rui to get 40 minutes a game. I want Kisford to get 40 minutes a game. I just want to do the youth movement. I want to see what these guys can do because we're not going to make the play in. Bradley Bill had the wrist injury. Um, let's just get this pick. Let's get a top three pick so we can be have a chance at Jay Ivey or one of those top three guys. That's the mindset I was on. So when I saw that we brought back, because we already traded for Ish Smith, so I was like, okay, we already got one ex-wizard from last year. Then we brought in, then we're signing Tomas Sanaransky, another former wizard. Like, what is going on here? Is this, you know, Tommy Shepard? You know, I know people comparing to Ernie Grenfeld. Is this the, the reincarnation of bringing back Trevor Ariza with a playoff push, the never ever tank type thing? Is this what we're doing right here? So I was not a big fan of bringing Tomas Sanaransky back because, and I know that everybody eats thing. He played really well with Bradley Bill a couple years ago when they had that thing going on. Everybody eats. Um, and Tomas was passing the ball very well. Um, but I, I, we just we kind of know what Tomas is. Tomas, offensively, he's a great passer. He's a great facilitator. He has the sneaky athleticism. Um, he's a great vertical leap. He's super. He's very athletic, but doesn't really show it all the time. Um, but we kind of know his offense is limited. He's not going to go out there and score 20 points a night or really 15, 10 points a night. But honestly, he did what the Wizards needed him to do. And especially out there with with uh, Christoph Porzingis. He got, like I said, he got KCP shots. He got Rui shots. He got Denny shots. He was able to go out there and not get in the way of guys developing and get guys better. He actually motored guys and made guys better. Him and Porzingis had a nice two-man game. You know, they did play overseas together. So they already had that relationship. So that really worked out as well. Um, I do think Tommy Shepard thought about that, bringing when he brought him in, uh, that he just has familiar familiarity with, with Porzingis as well. So let's look at Sadoransky's um, uh Straight up numbers on basketball reference. Just look at some percentages here. Um, look at him comparing. You know, he just wasn't getting a lot of playing time with that with the um with the Spurs at all. Was on the Pelicans as well. Um, so it wasn't just he wasn't just on the Spurs, but he was on the Pelicans. And then I want to say they got he got traded to the Spurs, and then he agreed on a buyout. So, but with the Wizards, Thomas averaged five points a game, five assists per game, uh, which is pretty darn solid. 84% from the free throw line, 51 uh shot 54% from the two and shot 27% from the see he, he's just he's not he's a mediocre three-point shooter. 27% from the three shot one three per game, 47% from the field, which is not which is pretty underwhelming to be honest with you. As far as a score and a guy that puts pressure on the defense, he just doesn't do that offensively. Uh played in 22 games and started 10 games and and Wes didn't really know how to use him correctly. You saw in the first couple of games he was in a lineup with Ish, which, which is not terrible, but he kind of had Tomas at like a small four position sometimes or a shooting guard position, which um, Tomas does have that versatility where he's capable of doing it. But if you want the best out of Tomas, he's really a six foot seven point guard. Yeah, he's six foot seven, 210 pounds. He's a six, seven point guard. That's where you're going to get the best out of Tomas, where he brings a ball up, he facilitates, gets guys and gets initiate guys. And he's better defensively. He was better defensively than Hall Neto. That was a huge difference there. That Lakers game where he played, he walled up on LeBron, got a couple steals, 
created some fast breaks. Him and Ish, they played really well together in that Lakers game. Now, I do want to pull up um, this thing I found in an article about it, about Sato, how when he finally did start, um, it shows their record of how they played better. And Porzingis actually talked about what he was looking in for a point guard as well in his exit interview. So um, Tomas Sadoransky, after he was moved into the role for the final 10 games of the season, the Wizards went five and five after losing eight of their previous nine games. And that's the that's the spot where I do think the Wizards could have made the playing game where they lost eight or nine games and Hollow Neto was starting to point guard and they couldn't stop anybody. Josh Hart went crazy. Chris Wood went crazy. And like I said, that was an indictment on West. West took too long to finally have Tomas in there as a starter. Um, and I think that really hurt the Wizards. They won four out of the first five games that he started. I mean, that's a huge change there. Sadoransky, he brought up pass first. This is an article from NBC, NBC Sports Washington. Sadoransky brought up pass first mentality to the position as evidenced by his 0.13 assist, 10 rebound game against the Magic on March 30th. He was the, I want to say it was the first, yeah, he became just the third player in NBA history to have a 0. point double double, a 0. point double. And that just defines who Tomas is. Tomas is not a scorer. He's a pass first point guard. Tommy Shepard did say that, you know, the point guard position has turned into a point guard position. So this is from Tommy Shepard as well. Tomas did a great job. He did a great job through all. Actually, this is, um, I'm sorry, this is from Porzingis. He said, Tomas did a great job. He did a great job through all this time that we played together. He played at a really good level. We'll see who the point guard next season, but that would be the right fit probably. So Porzingis said this about Tomas, and I, I'm not surprised because they played really, really well together. So Tomas, yeah, having that zero-point double-double game, it just kind of show, showed who he is. And then he had the sneaky athletic dunk in one of the games. But um, the offense just looked better. It looked a lot smoother. They were passing the ball. It was games where they were getting, you know, 28, 30 assists, multiple guys in double figures. And Tomas was the catalyst to that. He was the head of the snake for that. And he was a solid defender as well. Not He's not a shutdown, lockdown defender, but he's a guy that can get his hands on the passing lanes. He is scrappy. He's athletic. He can move his feet. And I think he is a guy that I would bring back. Right now, his contract, he's on a one-year uh, $468,119 uh, $468, deal right now, which is very favorable. Um, bringing him back, we'll see what the money is going to be. Uh, maybe it would be like a $2 million deal, $3 million deal, something like that. I don't know how much his AAV is. I'm, I'm looking on spot check right now just to see if they do have a um, AAV for him and an average salary that they think or projected salary that they think he would get, and they do not at the moment. So we'll see how they work that out. But I do think he's a guy that Tommy Shepard would love to bring back. Um, you know how Tommy Shepard likes to bring some of the old guys back. So, um, But that's somebody I think would bring back. So I would not bring back Haul. I would not bring back Thomas Bryant. The guys that we do have left on the list that I will do tomorrow is Anthony Gill, who has a qualifying offer, which they could bring him back. And, of course, Bradley Bills on the list. Got to get to him. And then also Ishmael Smith, who has a team option. So I'll get to him as well. Um, but those are the guys on the list right now. And uh, like I said, I'll get to the guys tomorrow. But let's quickly go over the playoffs. My picks tonight, I got the Sixers beating the Raptors. Uh, I got the Jazz beating the Mavericks. And I have the Warriors beating them. So this is pretty easy. Tonight I got Sixers, Mavs, Warriors. So you guys let me know what you guys think. You guys can comment down below. If you have any more mailbag questions, you can comment down below as well. Thank you guys for listening. 
and make a Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. And make your second listen Locked On NBA from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. All right, you guys, hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.